If you have an offering, you can drop it in the plate on your way back. Um, we appreciate that. That would be great. I got um, a couple pictures I want to show. You know, at the end of the year, we talked about the year 2020 and what, what we did as a church. And, you know, <laughs> the year started off right. Uh, you, you, this church never ceases to amaze me. Um, just this past week, somebody came to me and told me of a situation where someone did not have a hot water heater, had not had hot water for a while, had been boiling on a wood stove or, or warming up on a wood stove water to do dishes and water for baths for a long time. Now, I don't know if you've ever had to do that. I have had that, to do that a time or two in my life. That is not fun. That is not a great way to live. And what we ended up finding out once we got there was that this hot water heater was not only not working, it was a hazard. And um, so I, I got with our handyman, Pat, and um, we were able to, you want to show, I got a couple pictures of the old hot water heater. This is the old hot water heater. I don't know how well you can see, but um, the wires inside there had burned up and had caught fire. And then to go to the next picture, and the bottom of the hot water heater was completely rusted out. It had been leaking um, for a while, and it actually ruined the floor where it was sitting on. So not only did, were we, okay, go to the next picture. Not only were we able to put in this brand new hot water heater, we also were able to build a new floor and do the adjustments because that hot water feeder would, would, would not quite fit in. So uh, let me read you the, the, the message that I got from the lady that we did this for. And why am I taking time to do this? Because I want you to know, River Church, that we don't just talk about it. We do it. All right, this is from the lady. I want to thank you for the hot water tank. I appreciate it so much. I didn't know how I could get one and also how I'd be able to have someone install it. I felt so blessed, so I wanted to say thank you and let you know how much I appreciate it. Sincerely, uh, Bessie. So, thank you to the River Church. And we have, and, and, and when I was calling Jane to tell her, hey, we need to do this, she said, well, I just, she's told me about a family that we took groceries to. So, in the first two weeks of 2021, the River Church is already doing, I believe, what God wants us to do. We're already doing our mission. You, and again, it's not me. I didn't put that in. I didn't pay for that. You guys did. The church did. Don donors to the church did. And so, I just, I can't express enough how, how much I appreciate this church and how I really believe we are doing God's work. She said she didn't, if she had the, even if she'd had the money to buy the hot water heater, she wouldn't have been able to pay somebody to put it in, build the floor, and all that stuff. I mean, you're, you're talking about between the hot water heater and everything else, probably she'd have had to come up with about $1,000. We were able to get the hot water heater at a discount, and the labor was... Free. I mean, I didn't. I mean, Pat did it all, but <laughs> but I just love our church. I love this church. I love what this church does. I love what we are about. 
Yes, we're about Sunday morning and we try to put, you know, this, this is, this is going to sound business-like, but it's not what I'm, you'll get, we try to put the best product out there on Sunday morning. We try to do the best that we can. But if that's all church was, then that'd be pretty shallow. The church is going outside of these walls, seeing a need, meeting the need. And I, I mean, I could preach that again. I preached it a couple weeks ago. I just wanted you to know, River Church, we're off to a good start. You're off to a good start. The money that you give this church, and again, if you can't afford to give uh, 50 cents, that's fine. Keep coming. We love you. We love having you. We're not trying to get your money. But the money you give goes back out into the community. Amen? Amen. I love this church. I love it. love every one of you. Uh, uh, a youth pastor, Bo Riley, has an announcement. I'm going to let him come do that real quick. Hello. Um, so, as he just said, I'm the youth pastor here at the River Church. My name's Bo. Um, so, I just wanted to talk about the saying that's going on this weekend um, at another church in King City um, by uh, Pastor Bink, um, also known as Jonathan, Pastor Jonathan Garlock Jr. Um, he's doing this um, awakening thing for youth group, and our youth group. I'm going to be talking to you guys about it more on Wednesday about you know, how we can go and, you know, trying to get rides down there, maybe carpooling. But I just thought I'd announce it to anybody who knows a youth to let them know about this service going on. If you have, like, a kid who you want to go, you want them to go, but you don't know how to get them there, try and get in contact with me either today or you can either get in contact with me through Walker or through Bradley, one or the other. Um, me and Jesse will be here, be there on those nights um, as well. It's on the 23rd and the 24th. That's this Saturday, and that's this coming Sunday at 5 p.m. and at 3 p.m. Same, 5 p.m. for Saturday and 3 p.m. for Sunday. Um, I just wanted to say something about this church and about Brother Bink real quick. Um, his services he's had as, as a youth when I was younger, as like, younger, whatever, um, uh, a couple of years ago, um, you know, as a youth, his services that he's led and his services he's had at his church and at Pleasant Hill Church uh, for youth camp have been the most influential Christian moments in my life. They've in influenced me as, as I've grown through my faith. They've inf influenced who I am today. And I just think that it's something that we need to really push for these kids um, I like how the, the thing says awakening. I believe that's the, the theme for the overall weekend for the services. There's a spiritual awakening that really needs to happen in the youth today. Um, we're heading in a really bad direction, in, in my opinion, through the whole country with our youth and, and, and their faith, and we need to do something about it. And I think this is, things like this is a good, good start. So. Thank you, Bradley. And ages, what ages are you thinking for that? Uh, 12 to 18. Oh. Yeah, 12 to 18, maybe if I <laughs> could read. That'd be helpful. So, yeah, I, I, every, I echo everything that, that Bradley says. Bink has, has a way, Jonathan has a way, we call him Bink because that's, that's his nickname, but he has a way of relating to youth. Um, in a great way. 
So, and, and Bo and Jesse will be helping with the worship um, out there. So it would be a great time. If you can't get, make both, uh, maybe you can make one of them. So, um, yeah. So, so if you know of a youth, even if they don't come here, encourage them to <clears throat> go out there. They'll have a great time. All right. So if you need a ride, get with them and they will be more than happy to help you get there. Amen. Um, God is so good. If you have your Bibles, um, you can turn to Mark, the fifth chapter. If not, I believe we're going to have it up on the screen. And let's just jump right in. Did I miss any announcements? Anybody? Seems like I'm forgetting something. No? Okay. As Jesus was getting into the boat, the man who had demon-possessed begged to go with him. Jesus did not let him, but said, Go home to your own people and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. So the man went away and began to tell in the Decapolis how much Jesus had done for him. And all the people were amazed. Lord, we thank you for this day. Thank you for the Holy Scripture. God, I pray as we look into it in these next few moments, God, that we would see, um, Lord, that we would see ourselves, that we would see things that we can do to enhance our lives, to make our lives better, to help our walk with you to be stronger. God, I pray that you would unite us as a church. God, in 2021, Lord, as never before, God, I pray that unity would reign in this place and, God, that we would be um, one body with one mission and one focus and that is to lift up the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and to love, love God with all of our heart and to love our neighbor as ourself. Thank you for it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. As you know, we, the last couple of weeks we've been talking about refocusing the vision for 2021. We've talked a lot about, you know, in 2020, the, how crazy of a year it was. And, you know, we could go on and on and on about that. And how that 2021 is <laughs> starting off maybe a little crazy too, but uh, I believe better days are ahead uh, for us. But we've been talking about getting refocused and, and about our, our mission. And today I want to talk a little bit about fellowship, fellowship of the believers, fellowship of, of the body. We've been talking about the the early, the early church and the model that they set forth in Acts the second chapter, and if you remember last year we started, you know, we went in heavy on the end of the second chapter of Acts, um, and we're kind of revisiting that a little bit to help refocus us to, to where we need to be. And, and I believe that after the day of Pentecost, the Spirit led them, and I believe that if we're open to, to the moving of the Spirit, that He will lead us in the same ways. And I believe it's, it's a return to community. A return to community. The brain is wired to seek community. I, I've been reading a book. It's called um, The Body Keeps the Score. It's about um, people who experience trauma and how that, that doesn't just, it's not just something they get sad about every once in a while. It actually affects their body and their brain. And it's, it's a fascinating book. Um, and it's not a Christian book. It's not done by a Christian author. But the author, um, Bezel van der Kolk. I can spell it for you, but 
I mean, that's as close as you're going to get to, to be honest. And here's an excerpt, and here's something he says. He says, our culture teaches us to focus on personal uniqueness. But at a deeper level, we barely exist as individual organisms. Our brains are built to help us function as members of a tribe. We are part of that tribe even when we are by ourselves, whether listening to music that other people have created, watching a basketball game on television with our own muscles tensing as the players run and jump, or preparing a spreadsheet for a sales meeting, anticipating the boss's reactions. Most of our energy is devoted to connecting with others. And that is true, even when we're not, even when we are by ourselves, if we're listening to music, that has something to do with the greater community. So science even believes and understands that we are made for each other. We are made for community. We need one another. And in Acts, uh, the second chapter, I'm going to read this to you. I have, uh, I think I've sent an excerpt of it um, to Bradley, but I'm going to read a, a larger um, portion of it, just so I'm not reading it out of context. All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. A deep sense of awe came over them all, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. And all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions, and they shared money with those in need. They worshiped together at the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper, and shared them, their meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. And to me, that's a, that's a description of the early church. I want it to be a description of the river church. And I... I'm hoping that that's what we're transforming to, an Acts 2 church. I want to be an Acts 2 church in that way. But I want to focus on they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship. And I want to talk today about fellowship. And what is fellowship? Fellowship is friendly association, especially with people who share one's interests. There, I whistled again. We all... Under this roof, we all share one, one common interest, and that's the Lord Jesus Christ, right? Now, we all have other interests in common, too. Some of us are Kansas City Chiefs fans. Some of us are, share other interests. Some of us are not. I understand that. Some of us have not yet been perfected and are not quite yet Chiefs fans. No, I'm, just, I'm just kidding. But we all share, we all come together under the umbrella of Jesus Christ. And we have that in common. And that is biblical fellowship. The coming together of, of people, believers. A good fellowship is when there's an uh, interchange of encouragement. I lift you up and you lift me up, right? That's why community is so important. People say all the time, well, I don't have to go to church. I don't need to go to church. Well, you don't have to go to church, but I think you need to go to church. Now, and I'm not coming down on you if you can't make it every Sunday, but, I'm, but we need the community of believers. And you can have church at home with your cat. I understand that. Yes, you can. But it is not the same. It is not what the apostles and Jesus began. It's not, it, it, it's another teaching. The apostles' teaching was don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together. Come together under, under uh, one roof and be one body and have one mission. Because if we were all doing church at home with our cat on our own, and you heard about somebody that needed a hot water heater, but you had 
a third of it, but didn't know how to do the work. And well, you couldn't do anything about it. Or maybe you could do the work, but you didn't have a dime. But when we come together under one roof with one common goal as a body of believers, when we hear about something like that or somebody in our midst has a need, I can't meet the need by myself. But when we come together as a body and the hand doesn't say because I'm not the eye, I can't do anything. And the ear doesn't say because I'm not the foot, I have no use. But we come together as one body. We can accomplish great things. That's why I believe it's important to come together. Not just so that you can be encouraged and lifted up, but so that we can actually accomplish something for God. If you're having church at home with your cat, when is the communion of the saints? So community is important. And yes, I understand we live in a particularly strange time. And if you are uh, immune compromised, I am not saying I'm not belittling you for not coming and gathering right now, but I'm saying we need each other. And, and the thing about technology is we can zoom with one another. We can, we can do that type of thing. So we need each other. Fellowship is important. Fellowship plays a role. And it's not just that fellowship is nice because somebody can listen to our stories and we can listen to theirs, but fellowship, according to scripture, purifies us. 1 John, I'm going to be reading 1 John. I only sent over, I think, one scripture, but I'm going to be reading um, uh, 1 John 1 through 10. 1 John 1, 1 through 10. Um, But this is what I'm going to focus on, but I don't, again, I don't want to read it out of context. That which was from the beginning we have heard, which we have seen with our own eyes. He's talking about Jesus. That which was from the beginning, Jesus, we have heard him and we have seen him with our own eyes. So John's setting us up for what I'm about to tell you I've seen for myself. This is not hearsay. This is not a rumor. I saw him with my own eyes. Which we have looked at and our hands have touched. He's saying, I have touched God. Think about what he's saying to us. I have touched God. And this we proclaim concerning the word of life. The life appeared and we have seen it and testified to it. And we proclaim to you that the eternal life which was with the Father and has appeared to us. We proclaim to you that we have seen and heard so that you may also have fellowship with us. And our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. We write this to make your joy complete. This is the message we have heard from him and declare to you, God is light. In him there is no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with with him and yet walk in darkness, we lie and do not live out the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. If we claim we have not sinned, we make him out to be a liar and his word is not in us. And I want to focus in on the scripture that's up there. But if we walk in the light as he's in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. Now, I don't purify you, and you don't purify me. The blood of Jesus does that work, but it's as we fellowship one with another and lift him up and talk about his goodness and talk about, and you encourage me with with Scripture, and I encourage you with Scripture, then the blood of Jesus purifies us. 
It can purify us. Fellowship, one with another, brings purification. It purifies us. There's something that happens when I walk in the light of Jesus and hang out with you. There's something that happens when we walk in the light of Jesus and we share our heart with one another. When we chat with one another, when we tell stories, when we talk about the greatness of God and, and what he's doing in our lives and, 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 and our dreams and our goals. And there's something that happens when we fellowship together with other believers. As we walk in the light, then we get purified. We move a little bit closer. We transform a little bit more. You know, there's water purifiers, right? In the city of St. Joseph, the treat water treatment plant, it takes our wastewater and then it purifies it. But it doesn't just go through one purifying process. No. It goes through primary, secondary, tertiary. I just like saying that word. I try to get that word in every time, every chance I get. Tertiary. And then it gets that water so clean that it then spits it back out into the Missouri River. And then it goes down the river. And then some other town down the river uses it as drinking water. <laughs> now, none of you are ever going to drink water again. But what, I, what I'm trying to tell you is that if we, if we come together, that there's a purifying process that happens. And then we get dumped back into the river of God. And then we are, God uses us to purify others, to, to give life to others, to bring sustenance to others. Being purified, yes, we come, to, we come to the Lord, we ask him to forgive us of our sins, and we are, we are sanctified, I believe, we are, we are cleansed, yes. But then there's a process that has to be, go on, a purification process. And, and part of that process is fellowship with one another. Part of that process is, is iron sharpening iron, right? Us coming together. Us meeting together. Why, does, why, why do Narcotics Anonymous, why do they meet in our church three times a week? Because they understand the power in community. And they understand that, that they sharpen each other. And that without each other, they might not make it another week. They might not make it another day. And the church needs to get a little bit of that. We need to get a little bit of that. We, have, we are so individualized. And, and, and after the Reformation came this... The pendulum has swung too far this way. It was too far one way, and now it's too far this way where it's just me and Jesus, and that's all I need. Well, yes, it is you and Jesus, and you do need to have a personal relationship with Jesus. But it is in that that we come together. The prayer that he taught us was, um, give us our daily bread. Forgive us our sins. Not forgive me. It's a community. The prayer is based on community. So yes, there is, there is a, the pendulum was too far this way, now I think it's too far this way. Where it's just me and Jesus and I can have church with my cat watching YouTube videos. No, it's, it's the body of Christ. It's the body of Christ as we come together. Something happens. Something happens. There's power in community. Your purification and sanctification is in your brother or sister. Part of my purification and part of my sanctification is locked up inside of you. And until I get right, have right relationship with you, 
then I'm withholding myself from part of what God wants me to be. That's why it's so important to love one another and to, to lift one another up and to support one another and to build up and not tear down. Amen. Okay. I think you're all, you're all nodding, so you're all getting it. This is how God designed us. God said about his creation, he said everything was good except for one thing. He said it is not good for man to be alone. Because he looked around and tigers had tigers and lions had lions and cows had cows and kangaroos had kangaroos. But he said, it's not good for man to be alone. That's the only thing that God said wasn't good after, after creation. The only thing. We're built for one another. We are wired together. Part of how we'll become more Christ-like is tied up in one another. How are we going to shake off the things of this world? By the blood of Jesus and by the fellowship with other believers. Amen. 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 You all can get real happy now because I've only got two points and that was one. (laughs) Number two, fellowship plays a role in your healing. James 5, 13 through 16 says this, Is anyone among you in trouble? Let them pray. Is anyone happy? Let them sing songs of praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. Why do we do that in church? Why do we call people forward? Why do we lay hands on people and pray? Because the Bible tells us to do it. It's in the scripture. It's not something we made up. The Lord and the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. If they have sinned, they will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your faults to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Our healing is sometimes in each other, in in fellowship with one another. The whole picture James is painting is one of community. And there's something unlocked in the kingdom of God when, my hum- when I humble myself and confess my faults. He says, confess your faults one to another. And that's not easy to do. And here's one of the reasons why it's not easy to do. is because I can't trust you with my faults. Because you'll go tell somebody else. <laughs> right? The, the church has become toxic in that way. I'm not specifically saying the river church. I'm saying... We have, we have created an environment where people pretend they're perfect because if they don't, people will talk. And that's not right. That's not right. I can't confess my faults to you because I can't trust you with them. And that's got to change. And River Church, let's let it change here and now. Because newsflash, I'm not perfect. I have faults. And I'm going to tell you something you already know. You're not perfect. You have faults. I'll, I'll never forget, this has been two, maybe three years ago, I was driving back to St. Joe's with Walker and Bo, and I was trying to impart some of my elderly wisdom upon them. And, uh, <laughs> you know, they were two young, guy, two young guys, and they're a lot older now. And they're, a lot more, they're a lot wiser than I was at their age. I'll give them that. But I was... I was talking to them about some of the struggles of trying to be um, a 
a Christian young man and trying to keep yourself holy and pure. And, you know, I don't think I'm surprising anyone there with that shocking revelation. It's a struggle <laughs> for a young woman or a young man. And I was talking to these guys, and so I began to tell them about some of my own struggles and where I was imperfect and where I had made mistakes and messed up in my past. And what I thought was that I was giving them wisdom and helping them along. But what I found was that there was a healing taking place inside of me that I didn't even know I needed. That God was doing a work inside of me, that God was doing a healing work inside of me. Because when we are vulnerable with one another, when we open up with one another, and if, and if we know that, that we're in a safe place with people who have our best interests, healing takes place. James tells us, confess your faults one to another so that you'll be healed. It does good to get things off your chest sometimes. It does good to confess to one another sometimes. So I want the River Church to be a place where we can do that, where we can trust each other, where we can trust one another. Amen? Amen. Amen. <clears throat> and as I look around this room, I see in each person, a key to a little bit of my sanctification, a key to a little bit of my healing. And yes, it's all in Jesus. Yes, please don't mishear me. This is, I'm not trying to give you some new age, some, some weird, we're not going to sit around and hold hands and uh, do some seance. That's not what I'm getting at. It's all in Jesus. It's the blood of Jesus. But it's as we fellowship under that umbrella and as we trust each other and as we're there for each other, as the early church was there for one another, for pity's sake, they sold everything they had and moved in together. Everybody gets nervous when I start talking like that. I'm not going to ask you for the deeds to your house and we're not going to sell everything <laughs> and do that. That was for a specific time and for a specific place. But the way that they were there for each other, that's a model for the church. That's a model for the church. Because guess what? Persecution came and they had to scatter and they couldn't all live together anymore. God healing you of your hurts and pains sometimes comes through your brothers and sisters. I want to say most of the time. Sometimes God will supernaturally heal you of, of emotional scars and emotional pains. But most of the time, it comes through brothers and sisters being there for, for you. God using you to bring healing to others. And that's what he wants to do. We all want to be like the demoniac a little bit and just escape with Jesus, right? Read the newspaper, watch the news. What are a lot of people saying? Lord, get me out of here. And that's what the demoniac said. He came to Jesus and said, let's go. I'm, I'm ready to leave this behind. And Jesus turned him around and said, go and tell. Go back to your people and tell them what I've done for you. And so you're not going to hear me say, get me out of here. <laughs> and if the Lord wants to get me out of here, oh, okay, I'm fine with that. But I believe what God is telling us is turning us around and saying, go into that mess. And take the light and the life of Jesus Christ with you. 
Because if Jesus had just taken that demoniac and said, okay, let's go. I'm getting you out of here. That, ta- that, that town of people, because remember, they were running Jesus away. Because <laughs> they cared more about pigs than men. And that demoniac said, can I please come? And Jesus turned him around and sent him back to his people. And that's what God, I believe, is doing to us. He's turning us around and saying, go into that mess. Go into that fire. Here's a hose. (laughs) It's the life of Jesus. I'm the water. I'm the bread of life. Go into this world and take him with you. Take him with you. We need each other. I thought of... uh, I didn't get the pictures because I, uh, I wasn't going to use this illustration, but when I was talking to Matt this morning, I reminded him, he told me the only message he ever remembered that I preached had this illustration in it. <clears throat> he didn't tell me that this morning. He's told me that before. But the redwood trees are the tallest trees in the forest, right? We all know that. Oak trees, we know sometimes oak trees' roots go down a mile. But oak trees don't get as tall as redwood trees. So you would think that redwood trees would go way down. But they do not. They go down three feet. And then they spread out. And they grab hold of another redwood. And then they spread out this way. And the roots grabs another redwood. And they stay standing the tallest trees in the forest because they're hanging on to one on this side and they're hanging on to one on this side. And when the wind blows and they start to rock and the weight, the top heavy tree starts to go forward, the one on the left holds it. And the one on the right says, holds it and says, I got you. I'm not going to let you fall. And that's what we have to be for one another. That's what we are to be to, to each other, to hold on to each other. And, and Walker talked about it um, and Bo talked about it, is that when the one goes... The 99 say, not on my watch. And they hold on to them. They hold on to them. They found redwood trees toppled over in the forest that are still alive because their roots are getting life from other roots, from the roots of other trees. We need each other. We need to be there for one another. Uh, I'm going to reread you that... that, uh, something that Walker read to us last week. It's from the second century, and it's an it's a outsider's observation of Christianity. I don't have it up on the screen, but I'll read it to you. It's from, um, man, I'm going to mess, I'm going to butcher this guy's name. Um, Aristides. 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 Kind of like bare necessities, Aristides. And listen to his observations. This is an outsider observing Christians. Christians love one another. They do not overlook the widow, and they save the orphan. The one who has ministers ungrudgingly to the one who does not have. When they see a stranger, they take him under their own roof and rejoice over him as a true brother. For they do not call themselves brothers according to the flesh, but according to the soul. That is beautiful. That is beautiful. Let that be said of the River Church. Not just of second century Christianity. Unfortunately, I don't know if you can say that about all 21st century Christianity. 
That's what we're in. We're in the 21st century, right? All right. I don't know if you can say that about all Christianity, but I want that to be said about the River Church, is that we love one another, that we don't overlook the widow, the one who has ministers ungrudgingly to the one who does not. Man, that was good what Walker preached to us last week. It was hard. It was tough. I invite you to go back and listen to it if you haven't haven't heard it, if you weren't here. It was difficult, but it's the truth. We need one another. We need fellowship with one another. Um, Look for coming up the connect groups to be getting back um, into the swing of things. And again, if you don't feel comfortable um, meeting in person, we're going to try to make the... um, the, the, it available on Zoom, too, so we can Zoom you in. Um, look for that coming up. Get connected. Scan this on your way out of church today. Um, just pull up the, your camera phone, scan it. Get connected. That, that's going to walk you through a um, series of questions, and then it's going to put, uh, once, once we get the connect, connect groups relined out, it's going to put somebody in contact with you. To, to connect with you, to, to have fellowship with you, to lift you up when you need it, to be there for you. So, so do that for me if you would. Um, and it also, it'll sign you up for the, for the text messages. I got a text this morning at 9 a.m. said, only one hour till church. There's still time to get ready. So I rolled out of bed and I said, I guess I'll go. No. <laughs> I'm just being serious. No. Uh, but we need each other. We need one another. I need you, and you need your brothers and sisters. (laughs) I don't know if I have much that you need, but you need your brothers and sisters. Amen. We need each other. I love this church. I love the unity that I feel in here. I love the cooperation that we get every time that we we see a need, that when we hear about a widow. And this, this, this woman we helped with the hot water heater this week, she was a widow. And this family that we helped this week with groceries. Church, this is just what we do. I'm going to try to share with you all uh, every time we do something because I believe that's important. But this is what we do. I'm going to ask the band if they'll come back up. And we are going to take um, communion together as a church. I know this hasn't really been a run to the altar, come to Jesus type sermon. But I believe it's important that, that we understand that we do need one another. That we need community. And that just like the demoniac, sometimes we want to escape. And we want to get out. And we want to run away. But Jesus is turning us back to our community. And I just want to reiterate that we need one another, that I need you and that you need me. I'm going to ask Walker and John.